Oh my goodness. It's another day. What day is it? It's that good day to get real with your guy, Ronald E. Smith. And my guest today. Oh, let me tell you about her, guy, because I don't think you guys have fully understand who my guest is and what she's done. For what everything's been going on this year, there's some people that say they're they're about it. But then there are people who preach it and walk it every step. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Cameron Laverne. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. And just with that, let's just go down this road with you because you, you have gone through so much with your life. But as anything else, you've been born and raised down in the South in Texas. So let's just go with that about how, how it's like growing up because I am from New York. I've only heard stories about Texas. So let's just hear it all out <laughs> what it truly is. All right. Uh, so yes, I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, inner city at that. So I went to an inner city school. Actually, um, I attended Booker T. Washington High School, which is the first black high school in the city. So super proud of that. Always read my school. Um, but growing up, I definitely was someone who was so involved with sports. I was that tomboy that just went outside and played anything that had a ball. So I tried all of them out. Um, luckily, um, like my mom and dad were so supportive. They always were outside with me doing stuff. My dad was my first coach and everything I did. Um, and then ultimately, like softball stuck. Um, my brother actually played baseball. I have an older brother and he played baseball and I fell in love with the sport and I was like, mom, can I do that? And she was like, I mean, why not? I guess. And so that's how I got involved with softball. I've been playing it ever since. Um, moved on to playing college, played at Prairie View A&M. I'm also in my fifth year um, getting my, I got my undergraduate degree in engineering, civil, and now I'm getting my master's of business administration also at Prairie View and helps to play my last season of softball. Now, let's just backtrack for a bit because all the origins for how you fall, how your heart got into the sport is very interesting. So I would love to know because whenever you hear baseball or softball with African-Americans, sometimes it doesn't come in between. So right. why for you did that stick? So I think what stuck for me with baseball and softball was I was so intrigued about learning the game because, right, a lot of the times younger kids will be so athletic and so other sports will come naturally and, like, athleticism will take over. And baseball and softball intrigued me because you had to know the game. Like, if you wanted to be successful, you had to know the game. You had to understand the scenarios, understand where the ball goes, understand what's the best option depending on what's going on, how many outs. And so that's really what intrigued me and what stuck. And I was thankful enough to be introduced to a program um, through the Houston Astros where they develop youth especially in underserved communities and give us the um, equipment, the knowledge, the exposure um, to people who were playing the sport and very good at it. And so I started that program when I was um, 10 
I want to say. And that just like exponentially grew my love for the game. I was meeting so many people that were so bested and I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention. And that is just really how my um, softball knowledge grew and how my love of the game like started. Like, like having baseball and softball, like it's not like you just, just like you said, it's not an easy sport to play. A lot of people think it's just playing catch and just hit a ball and walk around base. But it's a lot more than that. And any side of with, whether you're pitching, catching, on the field or on the outfield, you need to be on your, on your game because in a moment, the ball will come at you and you right. better be on your, on your game. And right. so like you said, basically what you did was a kind of like a, uh, an RBI program. Yes. So, so through that process, what – where did you feel was your best in, in the sport? Like for the process of you growing with it, when mm -hmm. did you, when did it finally click that you're like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a beast at this. Like th this thing is like, I, I, I'm going place with this one. No, no problem with that. Oh yeah. So like I said, I played all the sports actually. Like I also fell in love with volleyball and did that competitively for a while okay. too. And so I think what what was my really turning point was actually uh, my freshman year of high school in between my eighth and ninth grade year, I went to an LSU softball camp and they had so many coaches from like all over the nation, plus obviously Beth Torino, which is the head coach there now. And um, I just shined. I was pitching. I was catching. I was hitting the ball well. Like I was just shining. And um, she stopped me and was like, wow, like, I have never seen somebody be able to like do all these things. Like even another coach stopped me and was like, can you just like pitch the ball and then go catch it and then hit the ball? Like, so that when I had gotten all that feedback, because I was kind of like slow, I came around slow when it came to playing like select and competitive and travel ball. Um, but when I went to that camp and I was competing with girls who had been playing select or travel since they were like eight and I was competing and even outshining those girls, I was like, oh yeah, this, <laughs> this, is, this is me. This is my thing. I got this. I was getting awards. Like it, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. So just to ask too, because if anything else, this sport, and the majority of the talent that normally comes through this sport is normally Hispanics and also white people. So, yeah. and so I would like to know, were you one of the few African-Americans playing the, playing this sport? Almost every team I played for, I was either one or one out of three. I think I played on a team that had four black girls on this team at one time. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like there's four of us. That's like, Wow. That, that doesn't um, right there, man. Yeah, yeah. Four, four out of like 16, and we were like, oh yeah, we're doing something. Um, definitely mostly played uh, with white girls, Hispanic girls. Um, so that was also different. Um, I can tell a lot of stories about how that shaped out because there'd be a lot of times where, I don't know if you're familiar with like softball and like we like to do our hair all cool ways. We love yep. to wear bows. We love to wear all the different designs. We like to have all the braids. And you know, me and a black girl, you can't always do all the other things that the girls, other right. girls were doing. And then also the helmet really like messes up your hair. So it was a lot of times where I'd be so frustrated with my mom or just like my hair just being a mess or me just looking like, wow, who did it and why? And <laughs> 
there, <laughs> there was a lot of instances where I felt uh, like just kind of like left out in that department. And, um, but I mean, ultimately, like I had a lot of good friendships and a lot of good teammates, but definitely feeling like I was the only one that definitely went throughout my entire softball experience. Now, a lot of people feel that way, you know, you're not, you know, feeling like you're, even though you, you know, baseball and softball is about team, it's a team spirit, you know, one for, you know, all for one and one for all, but it's hard for teammates to understand what it really feels like to be basically an island alone. Right. You only see yourself. Yes. And you said that, you know, you had tough, tough times, you know, occurred with you. So yeah. how do, how are you, were you able just to push through all that? I think for me pushing through it, a lot of it was like understanding my goal for one, which was to play division one ball, which I accomplished. And then two, like always having the support of like my family. I think my family played a huge role in my confidence because if you also played baseball and softball, you also know that confidence is the most important thing you can take yes. to the field. So I would, it would be a lot of days where I wasn't feeling as confident or wasn't feeling like I belonged, but my family kind of like reassuring me and helping me along that journey um, really helped. And I can remember also there will be, I've definitely gotten the comment after a game, like, wow, you had a great game or, um, it, it was, it's crazy that you had a great game or something. Sometimes I've gotten like the effect of like, oh, you played so well. I didn't know you had it in you. And, and, mm. and then in the moment, it's like, oh, I did have a great game. So like, thank you. But when you come back and think about it, and now that I'm older and wiser and understand what's going on in the world, it's like, dang, he was probably telling me that because he's never seen somebody like me play exactly. like that. <sighs> And those are comments I've heard my life too. So like, just, just, and just like you say, it, it, you don't think about it at the time, but then when you look back at everything, you're like, oh, wow, you doubted me. Right. Okay. All right. I get you. I got, I get yeah. that feeling. But now let's just walk through yourself. Cause now as you're going through school and you're going through your last phase of high school, you went through what a lot of other kids go through when it's that last year, trying to decide where to go. So, right. What took you to decide what school you really wanted to go to? My educational background is that I was an engineer. And so having an engineering program was paramount. Like I knew I needed that in a school, which um, wanting to play softball and be an engineer, that's pretty much like a double win you right there. So that's a lot of work on both sides. Yeah, exactly. So that limited me. I also, um, I was looking nationwide and actually took a visit to University of Rochester and loved it, thought that was a school I was going to go to. Um, but um, after my visit, great school, obviously, like love the school, love the visit. Um, I realized that I wanted to be closer to home because, um, like I said, my parents have played a huge role into who I am. And shameless plug, um, my entire college career, they never missed a game. And that is That's real. partially due to, yeah. And that is partially due to the fact that I realized that I wanted them to be there. Cause when they sat me down and said, Cameron, if you go to New York, we're not going to be there. And I was like, wow. And that's when it hit me. And I was like, I want to stay close. Like I want my family to be walking in this journey with me. And so that's what made me um, decide like ultimately like to stay in Texas and go to a great school for engineering and also be able to play. I mean, first of all, like just, just, just like you said, engineering, like my father does that and every day it's never ever easy so for just just for you to say that that's something you want to do because i don't hear a lot of people say that okay right so 
So for that to be your passion, wow, that says a lot. But a lot of kids sometimes don't think what you thought about because a lot of them would be, don't think about, oh, my parents can see me on the phone. Oh, I can send me pictures. I can do them on Zoom. But for you, it meant so much for your parents to be there on this journey with you through your whole college life. Yeah. So I just love to know, you know, why did you feel that it was so necessary? Like you, you explained a bit, but I really want you to dive on why was that so important for you to have them with you instead of you just saying, I can do with, I can call them whenever I want to. That whole scenario is kind of tricky because by no means am I someone who gets homesick. Like I love my parents to death, but I'm, I'm so open to like going places. Like I don't really like cry home for my parents, but I thought it was so important for my parents to be so close when it came to my college because they played a huge role. Um, my grandmother on my mother's side um, sent all six of her children to school and my grandparents didn't go. So it was a huge thing. So me knowing that was on my shoulders and knowing that like how much it meant for my parents for me to go to school and not only to go to school, but also be a student athlete. And my dad being my first coach, my favorite coach. Um, and then also like, just knowing the sacrifices that they um, had to go through for me and my brother both, like throughout our entire like childhood, I knew that I wanted them to be there for this last journey. Now that you said, all right, we're staying here, I'm going to school here. Now let's go to the point where you decided the school you wanted to go to. Let's talk about the journey now in college of why you wanted to go to an HBUC, an HBCU school. So initially I didn't. So my freshman year, I actually did not attend the HBCU. And um, I also enjoyed that experience, but also had some things that kind of deterred me and um, experienced some instances where I felt like I was feeling like an outsider and felt like I didn't belong. Why is that? And that I had a couple instances with um, actually police officers on campus. Um, I'd be studying late night you know, engineering work and them following me home or instances where one police officer actually asked me like, um, you know, if you're not a student here, then you shouldn't be on campus past these hours. And I'm like, honestly, I am a student and I was wearing my softball shirt and everything. And he was like, well, you're going to have to show me proof. And I mean, like, and this is why I have on my softball shirt as well as my backpack. And I'm like, what else do you want to see? So I had to show him my ID. He scanned it to verify that I was actually a student. And in the moment, I'm in the moment, I didn't know how to react. But when I sat back and reflected, I was like, wow, like, why would he ask me that? I've never heard him ask anybody else that I've never had anybody else have that experience. Um, I also had a roommate situation to where she had said some very derogatory racist comments. And um, that just kind of threw me way off for a loop. And the situation wasn't handled how I thought it could have been handled mm -hmm. on both sides. And so um, after that year, I did some self-reflecting. And like I said, knew I wanted to stay close, knew I wanted to go do engineering. And right. Prairie View actually recruited me out of high school. Um, obviously, didn't go there my freshman year, but I really enjoyed the campus, um, enjoyed like everything it had to offer. And I knew after I left that first experience my freshman year that I wanted to feel like my campus was my own. And that's exactly how you'll feel at HBCU, no matter your, no matter what you are, because literally our schools, like we make our schools and like being at an HBCU, you have so much pride in where you are, where you are 
in the moment and where you've come from and like being in that sort of community you really have a sense of like who you are more than anything i've ever experienced and being able to be yourself like unconditionally now just a week just what you said that sounds a lot what a lot of people always praise about hbcu schools but just before you, you you brought up your past experience of what you went through and no and no one should ever have to deal with that at all so so for what you went through in your previous school so when you transferred can you say it was like night and day of the difference on how you felt through all that oh it was for sure night and day like for sure. Um, I still have a lot of friends from my school that I first attended and whenever I transferred and they would see me on social media or whenever I would hang out with them in person, they'd say, wow, Cameron, like you really look so happy. Like you look like you're having so much fun. And I was like, yeah, honestly, like I am, like I really had the best of both worlds. I was at a great engineering school, was enjoying my time, was making new friends, like was part of organizations, just literally like making my college experience what I want it to be. That is so wonderful. My name is Ronald E. Smith. I'm speaking with Cameron LeBaron. And just to go now, because as you know, you're now fully in, in the new school that you've joined, Prairie. So now, through your whole, your journey through, through with your team, talk about the experience now of everything you went through in, on the team. And not only that, but your life on the campus? Softball has been great. Um, the year that I got there in 2018, we actually won SWAC and went to the Super Regionals. Um, and so that was great to be on a championship team as soon as we got there. Um, and then our in 2019, we had a 30-win season, which was oh. also historic for our school. Oh, oh and yeah, right. And then coming into this season, I was actually um, had preseason honors. So I was excited. I was going into the season like hopeful to get us another ring and to um, be that impact person for my team. So softball was going great. And then also to go with like school, I was president of Society of Women Engineers. So I did a lot with my girls there. Um, we did a lot of career development as well as having a lot of fun. And then just kind of like growing into my own. The first year I was there, I was very much like in my shell, was so focused. Of course. Like, Right. And then like the two years prior, I was like, I'm going to just go to all these events. I'm going to have a great time. And so I met so many friends and I met so many people who were doing so many great things. Like you'll be surprised the kind of things that people are doing on the side when they're in college. Like it's really like unimaginative, like the type of things that people are doing. And so I was just around a whole bunch of like like-minded people and people who wanted to really make a difference in this world. And so really helped me groom groomed me into like who I am also today. It takes a bit for some people when they first get to college to really find who they are. You know, it's, it's, that's the whole point of college. You know, you're, you're, tr you're moving on to a new set in your life, you know, but what made you want to fully open yourself and just try new things and learn new things and meet new people through your whole tenure? Yeah, um, that's a great question. But I think for me, what made me trigger that is that my mom used to always tell me Cameron we're paying for tuition I want you to sit on every bench go in every building <laughs> sit in every chair and I was like why does she keep saying that and in my head I'm like okay she's just saying that because of the money but uh, that's what I thought too <laughs> yeah and she's but in reality it's like 
we are there for four years, so you have to make the most of it. Like, right. I would hate to leave campus and never been in every building at my school or leave campus and have never experienced all the things or said, I wish I would have tried that or wish I would have did that. Because in college, that's where you can make the mistakes. That's when you can really, like, stretch your horizons and do right anything and be unapologetic for it and so like every time my mom used to tell me that Cameron better touch every bench better sit in every chair <laughs> I was like you know what I'm gonna take that figuratively and literally and I did exactly that I tried my hand in everything and so now I can leave my undergrad experience knowing that I did everything that I wanted to mama does know best and my goodness she ain't playing around <laughs> so then you brought up too how your experience with 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 softball you won a title, which that was that's and crazy enough right there. Y'all win, y'all another time. Y'all win to get 30, 30 wins. Are you kidding me? Y'all, y'all ain't y'all ain't playing around. But when the time came when you felt that, you know, the year, the time with your team was about to fade, you know, because like everything else, you gotta go graduate soon. So with the time when that time came, how did how did you feel about it when when, when your time was almost up? How were you able to come to terms with like, I'm about to graduate and, and move on to another thing? It's crazy because like, I never came to those terms when our season got canceled. I was completely distraught. There were so many things I still wanted to do with that team. There are so many games I wanted to play. We never had a home game. So I never got to hear my walk-up song. I never what, got to what go the song out in be? front of all, what? what? What would the song be? Like your walk-up oh, song? What did I have? Wow, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> I forgot. Wow, I just went blank. We had two. Wow. I'm, it's going to come to me before this is over. Okay, but, okay no problem. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I never got to play in front of my friends. And so, like, when they, when all this COVID happened and our season was canceled, I was distraught. I didn't know what to do, which is really what fueled me into, like, staying my fifth year and deciding that I wanted to end my season on my own terms. Right. And so that's why I'm here, so that I can – like also get my MBA, but also be able to play my last season and go all out and like have no regrets. Now, just to go back what you said, because what you experienced was a lot of what college kids and a lot of people experienced with COVID. COVID just came and just said, we're done. You ain't doing nothing no more. And it affected so many people, especially in college, because a lot of people were either graduating or they knew that they had to do play these games. Because like you said, you're, you're graduating my last time playing on the field on the court and you don't get to, you don't get to have it it feels like it was just right. taken away from you and like you said I can imagine how not just you but so many of your teammates were upset and just down yeah. about all all that and it's crazy to say how you, a, either a negative can come out of this because with it the time that everything was paused and stopped a lot of other things were also opened up too because right. during COVID, there've been a lot of protests and there's been a lot of really things that have been opening a lot of people's eyes. So I would love to know during that time when you were quarantined and everything was shut down, how were you, what were your experiences or how were you feeling during everything from Arbor Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor? How are you right. feeling through all this time? Oh man, it's crazy. Even now it's crazy. I'm still like honestly shook. But um, when George Floyd died, that was something that hit home just because obviously he was born in, or he was raised in Houston. And so he has a lot of Houston ties. Um, 
So I actually went to the George Floyd uh, march that was held in Houston with the six, uh, 60,000 people. And that was so eye-opening. I have never seen so many people march like that for the cause. And it's crazy because my mom was a, a bit apprehensive about me going because it was during the time of COVID of and course. because of the expectation, like how many people were going to be in attendance. But I was like, you know what, like, this is like bigger than me. So like, I'm going to make sure that I am a part of this history because this, this is something that I have like, that I actually have a passion for and hits home every day. Like this morning I woke up thinking about Breonna Taylor and how justice wasn't served and how, like how her family must be feeling. And so um, I've been doing a lot of like on social media, I'm very vocal about my feelings towards the subject. Um, I'm also um, currently a member of the Mayor's Student Leadership Council in Houston, where we talk about a lot of these things and the reform that Mayor Turner wants to see and how students fit into that and what we can do as students to make a difference. And so it's something that's a struggle every day, um, whether it be whatever community you're a part of, because also in sports, I've been doing a lot. Um, hopefully, like our team can wear some, some sort of um, memorabilia or patch to recognize like how um, this world is going, but definitely hits home every day and has been a focal point of this pandemic and break for sure. Now, see what you said is something that I cannot lie to you because when I first saw everything that happened, especially with Joe Floyd, it hit home. Like it, it, I think it was because we watched it live. Like we saw it right. happen towards our eyes. Yeah. And for you, you, cause just how you felt, COVID is still here. You know, it's not, it hasn't gone anywhere. So for you to say, I want to go and do my part, that because this, all, all of this is, is bigger than us. So where did you learn from all this then? Like for everything that's happened, it has anything opened your eyes about how people feel about these situations, how everything, like you, what do you say you learned through all this? I think the major thing that I've learned through all of this is understanding your voice because so many people have been silent about it and silence equals complacency at this point. And if we're not vocal about it in the way that we are in this world now with social media and people influencing people and opinions matter and if someone and so I think it's so important to voice how you're feeling because if you don't then you're honestly part of the problem because now like as we're looking at it right now like voting is like our last hope at this point like we have to vote in the people into office that we feel will represent what what our morals are and what we want to see out of our america and so i think if you're not vocal about that and if you're not fighting for that every day in everything that you're doing then you're not helping the cause and so that's why it was so important to me to be able to use my voice and i think that that is really the most important thing we can all do as a society is to use our voice and not be ignorant or not be um, oblivious to trying to understand more and understand where people are coming for, from. Because a lot of things that are going on in this world could really be solved with a little bit of compassion and a little bit of empathy. And so the more we can get people to have those type of sentiments, the more everyone can really be on the same page and we can have a country that's not divided. 
I love what you said about empathy because that's something I actually, I actually really want to touch upon because a lot of things that have happened, if you noticed on social media and a lot of it on just news is that the reaction, instead of feeling, oh my goodness, that's sad, that shouldn't have happened. It goes to, well, look at his track record. Well, right. look, look what she did in the past. Well, maybe if you would have been nicer, that would have happened. It always goes to that. There's always something like, well, but, well, right. but. And it really is sad. Like, instead of us coming together to say, this is wrong, we need to fix it. Why does it always have to be, well, that's their fault, not mine. Right. Exactly. So, especially too, with you, what you wanted to do, especially with the idea of what you want to do for your teammates, you know, have, have, wear a patch. A lot of people don't want that from their sports. You know, right. if you if you watch football and baseball, a lot of especially basketball, where they're using their voice and speaking and using their platform to try to try their best to make a difference. A lot of people don't want to hear that. They just they want right. you to basically shut up and dribble, shut up and hit the ball. I don't care about what you think. Do you fear that people will say that about you and your teammates, telling you, we don't care what you feel. You are, you are made for my entertainment. Play. I want, to, I want to enjoy it. I think for me and my teammates and representing, representing an HBCU, I think, honestly, it's the least thing that we can do. Like... There's no way that you can go to an HBCU, know what it means to be at an HBCU, understand the grounds on which they were built, and not understand why we're fighting this cause. And uh, so for me and my teammates, like, for me, it's a no-brainer. Like, we're going to do this, and we're going to show our respect, and we're going to show that, like, we all matter here, HBCUs matter, Black people matter, like, everybody matters. To your point about, like, professional sports and NBA and um, like the NFL and MLB, we have to understand that, yes, these people are going out there and they're getting paid to play these sports and they are technically in the uh, entertainment industry, but they are people. Before they were, before they were these huge uh, players, they were regular people. Exactly. If some of these guys don't have the name that they have like they're the same person that George Floyd is. They're right. the same 6'4", 220 guy that George Floyd is. And so it's important to realize that those guys should have a voice and we should not discredit their voice just because they're basketball players or just because they're um, um, MLB players or just because they're NFL players because they were people first. And that's what matters. And just and if it may not be them, there's somebody in their family that it could be. And you don't know the conversations that they're having with their families or the conversations that their parents have been telling them when they were raised and how they have to go about when they speak to police or before they were these huge players, what they went through. And so just because you're a, you are a huge icon now doesn't mean you don't know what it feels like to be a regular person because at one point they were. That's 100% true. And either it doesn't matter your bank account especially if you're african-american in the end of the day you're black i don't care right. what you wear i don't care what team you're on i don't care how far you've gone no matter what when you wake up and you go to bed you're black right i'm speaking with cameron laverne and 
I've been loving this conversation we've been having so far. This has been very, very insightful about you. And what I also love to know as we just continue to be on this, but also to just walk a little further. And like you said, elections coming up soon. And what you brought up was people's raise your voice, go and vote. So years ago, back in 2016, I think, I think it was, and people I've known, a lot of African-Americans, a lot of people didn't want to vote. They felt like, right. what's, the po- what's the point? My vote won't matter. Don't worry, it won't happen. Why is this one, this year right now, not just you, but more people raising their fists and saying, yes, we all have to vote. Yes, your vote does matter. What makes this year more powerful? Honestly, I think what makes this election more powerful is the fact of, at this point, we've tried everything. We've protested, we've marched, we've done the petitions, we've done everything to make it known like what our voices are. But in reality, the way this democracy works, your voice matters in a vote. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that and understand that. And I wanna make a point to say that not only is this election so, so, so important, it's also important to understand your local elections and Mm -hmm. understanding the importance of voting every time, because it's not just voting on on presidential election years. It's important to vote for your local elections. They sometimes even make more of a difference in your president because laws that are enacted in your state or in your county or in your city will hit home faster than something that's coming from the federal level. So I think it's important that we not only look at the presidential election this uh, term, but we're also looking at the senators that we're gonna put in office and looking at the representatives and looking at the judges on our local levels because everything starts at a local level And if we realize that, we can slowly turn the tide and we can have the kind of democracy and have the people in office that represent what we think is right. But for the people that look at you and people who are trying to raise their voice for a good cause, but are piling you guys together with the rioters, people who are looting and destroying property, buildings, and calling you guys thugs, gangsters saying that you don't care about trying to fix the play, to fix the problem. You just want to get help yourself and get stuff. What do you say to those people that say that it doesn't matter because you guys are trying to make things worse? To those people, I would say, one, you can't categorize everybody. And two, if you're focusing on the looting and the rioters, you're missing the picture. I, to be more upset that, a, that, a building burned down than someone's life being lost at the hands of somebody who had no business doing it is some there's something fundamentally wrong with that and in our society that is an issue that we have more stock into buildings and things more than certain people and i would say to those people if that is what you're focusing on and if that is what is upsetting you the most then you've missed the picture and you're not listening so i would encourage you to do your research, look at some history, understand what people are going through, and simply try again. Because that, for people to focus on those things and to not understand why people are mad in the first place is the actual problem. I noticed too this year, two things about two impactful people, Martin Luther King and Jackie Robinson. You know, especially Martin Luther King Jr. is that 
a lot of people were using his voice to say how much the you know use the protesting he would be against it he would because of all the riots and looting he would be against it and i i looked up so much of his speeches i think what this year helped me too i wanted to learn more about him and i noticed so much that yes he in his speech he did say he does not condone riots and looting but he did say also where do you, where does it come from that's right. the voice of the unheard you know and that's in when you hear the voices they're saying something's wrong we need help something needs to be fixed right that is what people don't talk about they don't want us to talk about that part of what martin luther king jr says because they only want to bring up the quotes and the snippets that help them not right. what's going on as a whole and jackie robinson as you know as a softball player you know how much jackie made such a difference in for the african-american and african community in, in the sport but what people do know about how how he was just going into the sport as the first african-american player he also too did not want to stand for the national anthem he didn't want to sing the national anthem at all and i never knew that i mm -hmm. never in my life knew that and when i read his quote and then when i brought up to, to today because it hit so much how, how people don't like when the athletes are t taking a knee. They don't like it when they're, you know, don't want it because they're saying something needs to be fixed. We don't hate America. We hate the things that are happening in our community. If Jackie was alive today and he did say what he said in the past and now, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't even want to wear number 42 and rock the hat and the jersey that, he, that we all do today. Right. So with that, and everything that you experienced so far this year, because this year has been hitting all of us. What was there a time? Because I feel like this is just for everybody when you just felt weak, where everything just felt the walls were closing in, and you just like, I I need a break, man. Like I'm just I'm done. Yeah, definitely. I actually experienced that not even a couple days ago like last week was rough um it was a lot of personal things going on as well as like the brianna taylor indictment and i just felt like so little i felt like an ant in this world and it's hard because we are also in this environment of covid where like it's hard to connect with people. Like, I'm glad that we can do this via Zoom, but it's hard to connect with people. It's hard for people to know your feelings. Um, it's frankly hard to express your feelings because you don't want to feel, and a lot of times for me, I don't want to feel like that person where I'm pushing my, my uh, hurt or pushing my feelings on other people. And so a lot of times I do hold it in, or I might say I had a bad day, but I'm not going to elaborate on it because I don't want to bring my bad day to your bad, to make right. you have a bad day. And so it's hard when you feel like the walls are caving in. I think that sometimes we do have to take a break and like do things outside of what's going on in America, what's going on in your life, and just do something that makes you happy and can get you back centered. Because I felt so worn out, so just tired, like looking on my social media and seeing what was going on, like getting these phone calls of things happening in my family and just being like, how, like, why? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so there are a couple of days where I just had to put my phone down and just literally just reflect 
and come to terms with what was going on in my own head, regardless of what else was going around me, and make sure that I was good. Because I have to understand that as long as I'm good, I can fight for other people. But if I'm not good, I can't help others. And so that's kind of the mindset that kind of helps me get through those tough days. Yeah, the only one. Like, and I think that's the most right. on, honest thing that we all can do. You know, it's just saying, look, it's okay that you're not good. You know, like, because the worst thing is to hold it in because the armor will crack. You know, we're all, so many people are tough. So many people are strong. But it's okay to be weak and just say, look, I, I just need a break. I need to turn this off, social media off, turn it off and just get me out of here. Or just vent about why you're mad or upset. Because all of this is a lot. You know, you, you feel like you want to do so much, but then you're seeing things that are breaking your heart. Then what's the point of me even trying? But I saw also on your social media, your Instagram, that you had a Bible quote. You know, Jeremiah, I believe, 29-11? Yes. I would love to know more of just reading this. And I love it because I'm, I'm saved. And seeing this warms my heart. So I would love to also know, has your faith helped you get through some of these hard times? For sure, 100%. I think like your faith honestly can take you through places that you never thought you would get through. And for me, it's done that a lot because there are things in this world that have happened to you, how God has saved you, how his mercy has saved you. And like there are situations I've been in that you can't explain how I came out of it besides God. Like God is my only explanation. And once that hit home to me and understand how much that I lean on him and need to lean on him and constantly lean on him because leaning on our own understanding will only have us going in circles because he does things that we can't understand and won't understand because that's what he's there for. And so like going to that quote, like, it basically is just talking about how you have to hold on to God without fear of the future because he already has the plans for you. And so once I realized that and understood that and really took that into my own life and understanding that I'm just going to let go and let God, because when I do that, like things will flourish. And whenever I try to force things or when I try to inflict something in my life or make it go my way, that's when things go bad because it's never about my way. It's always about his way. And so doing that and understanding God's word and staying in his word has also helped me a lot through this time and also will help me for the rest of my life. 100%. That is so true. I'm speaking with Cameron Cameron Laverne. And Cameron, I've been having a blast with you with this. Like this has been been very very insightful. And I just love that you've been so open about everything that you've experienced so far in your life. But as before I bid you adieu, I just want to also know this for this, because this is the big part of what I do. This is what we call the shout out time. This, okay. is where, this is where we show our love, support, and just gratitude to people who have been with us, picked us up when we couldn't walk no more, and believed in us that they saw we can accomplish anything. So right here, right now, the floor is yours. Show your love. Okay, let's show my love. I'm, the theme of this has been God in my family. So also shout out to them, right? 
<laughs> also, shout out to my closest friends. They know who they are. Also, living with one of my best friends. So, how much more can you ask for? That's true. They've also, they've also kept me grounded. Uh, my brother has played a big role in my life. And last but certainly not least, my grandparents, because they have instilled on me like the kind of person I can be and the change maker that I am. And I know that throughout like whatever life brings me, my sole goal is to like continue their legacy. So those are the people I'm shouting out today. <laughs> and I just want to ask you this too. For anybody who is thinking about going to an HBCU college or on the fence about should I, why should they go? Right here, right now, I want you to promote and show love to why they should go. You have to go to an HBCU because an HBCU experience is like no other. I can tell you right now, if you choose to go to an HBCU, you will not regret it. You will have the best times. You will have the best friends. You will have a great education and you will be at a place that wants you to be you and accepts you for you. So if, I, if someone came to me on the fence about going to HBCU, I'd say, why not? You're, you, you will be at a place where the limits do not exist where you can join anything you want to join, where you can be whoever you want to be unapologetically, and everyone will love you for it. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a great place to be. Ooh. Ooh. Y'all like that? Oh. <laughs> now y'all should go. And the final thing is this. For everything that's been going on this year, with a lot of just people being mad, upset, and a lot of people in the African community just feeling that nothing will ever change. Right. What hope can you give them, if anything you can, to show that there is light at the end of the tunnel? The light of, at the end of the tunnel is understanding where we've came from and how far we have come. We have a lot of work to do, no doubt. But if we give up now, we'll never see the fruits of the labor of our parents, of our grandparents, of Martin Luther King, of Malcolm X. So like we owe it to everybody who has created us to keep going. And that's what keeps me going because I owe it to the people before me and I for sure owe it to the people coming after me because I refuse for the younger generation to grow up feeling like they don't belong or feeling like they can't go certain places or feeling like at any moment they're gonna have their guard up because they're not sure what's gonna happen next. And so that's what I hold on to, to make sure that I keep fighting and fight the good fight because one day it's all gonna be worth it. And that is 100% real. <laughs> My name is Ronald E. Smith. This right here is Cameron Laverne. And y'all, I think we just got real. We kept it real. <laughs> y'all already know. Thank you very much. Like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see you.